Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I mean, it's been like a week, so it's just time to move on, right? Let's do that. So before I sat down to record this, I made myself a promise that I wouldn't allow myself to wallow in the sorrow that, well, wallow sounds a lot like waddle. Well, at least I didn't say anything about getting over a hill or something, because that would have just been terrible. You see what being a Chargers fan does to you? just constant torture roller coaster of emotions i wouldn't recommend it but this is just further proof that you can't help who you love so uh again just got to soldier through it move along because we're going into week two and that's what's most important brandon staley you are the subject of number one, which I have chosen to entitle Catfished. Won't be before you long with this one because as I stated previously, we are a couple of days away from the week two matchup against the Tennessee Titans and that needs to be the focus. But man, oh man, can't let this go. I sat here last week and bloviated about the Chargers' chances to have another very good defensive performance against the Miami Dolphins because this time around they were going to have their full complement, full cast of characters, 
And I mean, why wouldn't I have belief in them? They were able to hold the Dolphins to 219 yards of offense in last year's matchup without the likes of a Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and multiple other guys. Other key contributors. <clears throat> so, I mean, what reason would I have not to be confident in what they could display defensively? But uh, wasn't meant to be. This time around, you give up 536 yards of offense with 466 of that coming by way of air. And because you allow this, you have folks running around on the Internet calling two of the best quarterback in the NFL. See what y'all did. See what you started. Back to you, Brandon. Fam, people are out here saying that you are cosplaying as an NFL head coach. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I still have some faith in you. I don't know why at this point. Maybe it's just because I'm a fan of the team and you know, what other choice do I have? I don't want to be completely jaded. But honestly, dude, it's looking Memphis bleak for you around here. Hopefully, some of y'all got the reference there. But Anywho, let's go ahead and move along because y'all have heard all of the breakdowns about it, heard every which way to Sunday about how that game plan was screwed up. And uh, it's time to just flush it. Let's move along because what other choice do we have? All right. So maybe I told like a little white lie because I know we got to get beyond the game, but there is definitely someone that we have to speak about. It's kind of the elephant in the room. Y'all all know who I'm referring to specific player that didn't have his best day i mean hell who actually did well other than like josh kelly but that's a different conversation i'm referring to one mr jc jackson who in his return from a rather catastrophic injury last season uh left much to be desired last sunday uh, he went from mr int to what i'm going to call here number two Mr. WTF. Oh boy. Okay, so there are many different directions I could go with this. We talk about different key moments, but again, why rehash all of that? Let's just talk about what needs to happen moving forward. Was it just one game? Mm hmm. But as things currently stand, uh, JC Jackson's rather short tenure with the charges to this point has been mired in inconsist inconsistency uh easy for me to say and uh just rather disappointing play and when you spend that kind of bread on what you expect to be a top flight corner one who can essentially take another team's best player out of the game even though that's really questionable that Brandon Staley would leave him on an island with Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's not really safe for anyone, but especially a guy coming back from the type of injury that he uh, is still kind of recovering from. And at this point, he may physically be fine, but then there's the mental side of it. And you never really know exactly how that's going. But I digress. <clears throat> the path forward here is just I guess you just got to let the dude play. You're paying him a butt ton of money and you can't just 
let him wither away on the bench. I mean, they pulled him in the game, and I believe Staley said that it had something to do with the pitch count they had him on, but I also find that very strange that it happened essentially after he had committed multiple transgressions and, you know, probably cost the team a win. I'm going to go ahead and say it. But again, moving forward, do I think JC is going to be fine? Hard to say. Would I bet on it? I'm not a betting man. And if I was going to slide some cash down, probably wouldn't be a ton. Not because I don't think he's physically capable. I just don't know whether or not he's going to be utilized properly in this defense. Uh, I suspect the Chargers are going to play a ton more man coverage because technically they're supposed to have the outside corners to be able to do it. You got Michael Davis, who's a big tall fast man corner who's good in press and jc who essentially does his best work as a press cover corner as well but uh if you're lining him up against well let me take that back there aren't going to be really any other wide receivers to the level of athleticism that tyree kill possesses but still gotta be careful there and until you know that jc is back back you probably want to give him a little bit of safety help over the top in the interim outside of that mr jackson uh yo we just want to see you pan out my man it has not been pretty thus far and for the time being there are a lot of questions that need to be answered let's start this week by uh maybe giving mr hopkins a hard time i'm not sure who they're gonna put on d hop um i'm assuming you know, both he and Vato will get their opportunities. But if you're still looking for this to be your CB1, Mr. Lockdown, then you should get, again, his fair share of chances to man the hop up. And uh, maybe you can use this as a get right game. Hopkins is still a very good player. He's not what he once was. But use this as a confidence builder. And we are playing the Tennessee Titans offense, which, you know, I'm not even about to do that because every time I go in with the expectation of the Chargers performing well against a team that they should, I'm often left disappointed. So let's just put it this way. There's an opportunity to walk out of this game feeling much better than what you did after last week. So use it to its full advantage. And hopefully now that you're playing the polar opposite type of team in this game, because they don't have nearly the amount of athleticism or speed that the Miami Dolphins had. Uh, possibly game plan this a little bit better. Maybe the scheme that you originally hoped to use works more in your favor. But ultimately, Mr. Jackson, you got to play up to that contract. The clock is ticking. What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual fans with sincere curiosity that just want to know what the hell you guys are doing. Hopefully, they can get real answers and not just word salad coach speak that makes them want to find a punchable face like Derek Carr's and go straight to town. Let's find out up next here on Don't Bull Me Court. Okay, that might have been a tad bit dramatic, but I appreciate the intro nonetheless. Uh, so, I don't want to sound ungrateful because I didn't see this coming and I'm sure majority of you guys out there didn't either. 
I'm speaking for myself here. Chargers rushed for over 200 total yards last week against a pretty stout Miami defensive front. And uh, you're talking about the Chargers having two of the top five rushers in the entire NFL. Are we in the upside down? I think I like it here. Well, at least we're talking running game. But, uh, yeah, going to call number two, rush to judgment. There is still a question here. And this is where, you know, I get into sounding like I may not be grateful for what I saw. It's not that at all, but just curious. You spent a fourth round draft pick on Isaiah Spiller two years ago. Barely saw the field last year. And then in week one, when the inactive list came out prior to the game, uh, pretty sure we were all stunned to see that Elijah Dotson was active and not Mr. Spiller. Throughout the preseason, you just kind of got the idea that he was in a battle with Josh Kelly for the RB2 spot. But I don't think any of us thought that he would be fighting for RB3 snaps. Is that a thing? But, yo. Initially, I almost blew a gasket. But took a few seconds and I realized, oh, here's the problem. And this is why I wanted six wide receivers is because you don't have a second kick returner and you know what elijah dotson can do that uh isaiah spiller doesn't necessarily have in his repertoire be a return man and it's just really unfortunate because you see the improvement in spiller you saw him be explosive he looked fast in the preseason which we all know was one of the knocks on him coming out of a&m not the most athletic or explosive back, but looked pretty uh, fast to me. And yet and still on ice again after one week. There could be some other reasons here, but ultimately, I think that's probably number one. Dotson provides you a little bit more shiftiness, but, you know, Spiller's a guy who can make people miss in the open fillers. Uh, well is run with power so I think he has a little bit of everything Dotson's definitely a faster back but outside of that say Spiller probably has the edge in pass receiving as well I just don't get it though you would sacrifice having a talent like Spiller who you expended significant draft capital on just chilling out in street clothes to have a guy be your you know, number two kick returner and backup punt returner. I don't, I don't get the logic behind that. And I, you know how this is like kind of a bizarre world. Isaiah Spiller must be going through it a bit because imagine this: you have been working your behind off for the last two years to finally get your shot in the first game, week one, out of the gate. This undrafted rookie free agent is active, and you aren't. I would just love to know the rationale behind it. I mean, you just heard mine. Why I believe that, uh, you know, he was inactive, but charges always have some sort of cockamamie excuse or I'm sorry, reason as to why certain things are going on. But I am really curious. I would like to know, probably never get a very good answer about it. Maybe we will. Who knows? I'm not going to hold my breath, though. You know, hey, yo, I definitely did number two twice, didn't I? sitting around talking about jc jackson and uh pulled a jc jackson myself apparently what do you know 
anyway piggybacking off of number three which was the previous topic and delving a bit more into the offensive side of the ball i want to talk more about kellen wait y'all see what i just did there wasn't even trying more about kellen that boy got bars man he good uh in his chargers debut well uh, in the regular season at least the offense produced 433 yards total but the kicker here is that they actually outrushed their passing game uh 40 rushing attempts to 33 in the air and by virtue of that um their yards on the ground exceeded that of those in the air 233 to 200 uh did someone page the early 2000s chargers because i think it's been a while since anything like that occurred could be wrong but anyway listen i'm calling number four don't look at me because if more and company march that offense into nashville uh against jeffrey simmons and the rest of that titans front on sunday afternoon and they put up anything remotely close to 450 yards and uh, i don't care what fashion that comes in they had better not leave that stadium because the defense didn't hold their weight. At that point, Kellen, in his second game, is going to have to look across or down the sideline at uh, his head coach, the guy who runs the show defensively. And he's just going to have to straight up be like, yo, dog, I'm doing my part. You've been here for three years. This is literally my second week on the job. And, uh, I'm doing what I I got to get done. You got to you got to help me out. The Chargers just basically have to have an average defense in order to be a successful team in this league right now, which is crazy to say that. You're talking about defensive mastermind, so people claim him to be. I'm not going to say he is a self-proclaimed guru, but that's just kind of label people gave him. You can't do that with the type of talent this team has defensively and not be able to at least be average. You cannot be a net negative. You can't be what offsets a high-powered offense. And that's what I think the Chargers will have moving forward. I also don't believe they're going to be, you know, game after game after game where they're out rushing, they're passing. I just think Kellen Moore is making his game plans based upon the opponent, which is a healthy change. As Chargers fans, not something we're accustomed to. Uh, this particular week, the Titans have a very solid front. I wouldn't be surprised to see the passing game be a bit more uh, leaned on. But however it works out, I think they'll be fine. And the score is probably not going to venture into the 30s. The Titans don't have that type of firepower. They're probably going to want to muddy things up and slow it down, run the ball with Henry. And you're probably looking at one of those mid-20 scores by the Chargers to like a 17-20 by the Titans. I'm not giving a prediction yet, just saying. I don't expect it to be a shootout by any means, but defense has to step up and do its part because I'm pretty confident the offense is going to be just fine after it works out some of the kinks. And just keep in mind here, that was only their first week. And they still went for almost 450 total. So keep that in mind. But, uh, yo, Brandon, Kellen got one up on you already, dude. After a week. It's not a good look. Last week's Guess That Gangster didn't fare all that well. I picked Mike Davis. 
He had a rather up and down game. I believe he had a couple of PBUs, but yeah, he got his turn getting roasted by Tyreek Hill amongst others. But let's be honest, the entire Chargers secondary was getting cooked by, you know, take your pick uh, of Dolphins receivers, mainly Tyreek Hill. But ultimately, they were being equal opportunity uh, roasters of the entire secondary. <clears throat> this week, though. Uh, it's kind of a toss up. Probably going to go with Mike Will, Mr. Williams. Uh, let's say six, seven receptions, 110 yards, two TDs. How's that sound? Uh, got a good feeling about it. Or maybe I'm just feeling some gas or something, but either way, um, I think he'll do well. Ultimately, I think the passing game will, uh, supersede the rushing game this week. I don't foresee the charges going for over 200 on the uh, ground again but if they do i will not be mad about it y'all know i would love to see some of that but until the next one man and you can catch us actually post game per usual on after hours jamie garrett and myself chopping it up on whatever the outcome is but we will see you then i will see you then and appreciate you guys for joining me here. And until the next one, y'all take it easy. I am gone.